Welcome to Emmanuel Christian Church, the house of Judah, the house at the gate. Please join us as we'll be listening to Apostle Vincent Luan, the head pastor of the Emmanuel Christian Churches. We are teaching on family and uh, this is our family month and today we are looking uh, into the different duties in the family that exists between husband and wife. Uh, we are teaching on marriage. Marriage, the word marriage means to fuse under pressure. The word marriage means to fuse under pressure like diamonds. Most women on their rings, they have diamonds. The, the beers, they even coined a saying that diamonds are girls' best friends. So they were encouraging our wives to make us slaves to go and buy these diamonds. And they look nice on an African skin. I always say to people, gold and diamond and platinum, they are found in the continent. If a true African puts on it, it glitters and shines and shows its worth on an African skin. May you have these minerals in the name of Jesus. May you not just mine them, but have them. Amen. So marriage means to fuse like diamond that is found under tremendous pressure in the belly of the earth. Even marriage, for it to grow and become great, there might be inconsistencies and fights. But my encouragement to you is, uh, don't quit. Divorce is as a result of people being unable to stand the pressure. The heat is too much in marriage. If you are going to marry, just know it's going to be a, a heated environment. Anyone who's still married, you should know they are tough. They are very strong. Those that quit, there are reasons sometimes that makes people to quit because they cannot bear. But marriage is formed under pressure. You want to get married, be rest assured. Uh, it, 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 it is designed by God. It's made by God. It is not made in China. It is meant to last a lifetime. Some of the product we put on from China, they will not last. The label on your clothes will last for another five, 500 years. Even if you bury it, it will never decay. But the shirt you are putting on, it will take you six months. Then the label will remain. Marriage is meant to last a lifetime. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Tell your neighbor, we, we marry to stay. We marry to stay. Yes, we marry to stay. We don't marry and then divorce. Marriage is a covenant. Marriage is not a white dress. Can you tell the girl sitting next to you, the woman sitting next to you, marriage is not white dress. Because most people are thinking to marry is a white dress. Marriage is not white dress. Without white dress, marriage, what is a Christian marriage? Christian marriage is when two people in the presence of their parents uh, and witnesses in the church, we bless them. That's marriage. They come, the parents are here, you are here, we bless you. You can go and marry in the commissioner, in the magistrate office. It's not a Christian marriage, it's a civil marriage. Until it's prayed, it's never a Christian marriage. And maybe sometimes that's why you are struggling, because nobody blessed it. It's two ideas who have come, let's try and look like others. But marriage was formed by God. You pay Lobola, you are not married yet, according to Christian doctrine. You must be prayed for. 
I said you must be prayed for. Yes, you must be prayed for. Marriage is not the diamond ring. Can you tell the girl sitting next to you, marriage is not the ring. I said tell the woman sitting there, marriage is not the ring. Because most of us are thinking marriage is the ring. There are a lot of women with rings, but they have no husbands. You can even ask the one, I see you have rings. Where is he? Nowhere. There's no husband. The husband has long left. The only thing that is left is the ring. And that ring will be so big. You see, my ring, I have it or I don't have it. I'm still married. Is that fine? My ring is not expensive. This ring is 200 rands. This ring is made out of silver, pure silver. It's true. And my ring is even better than your ring. My ring has, has scriptures on it. Can you read? Can you read? Who can read? It's not sure if you can read. Who wants to read? I want you to read my ring. Yeah, you can come. Read what is there. Look at it first. Can you read? <laughs> Can I have somebody to read? Come, 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 come. Because you have to have very good eyes to read. Thank you. Um, it's written First Thessalonians chapter four, from verse three to verse four. Can you put it on the screen, please? Powerful. Okay, the verse is there. Yes, we can give it an offering. Okay, let's read, let's read the verse. One to go. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Put it on the, another translation so that it's easier for everybody. Let's read it again. One, okay, change the King James. Yes. One to go. Can we read? For this is God's will, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, so that each of you knows how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. So, I'm not putting it because it's a fashionable thing. It's talking to me. You can have the most expensive ring. Dololo. Nothing. Empty. Is that fine? So my issue here is not marriage is not deco. Can you tell anybody? Tell the young woman sitting next. Marriage is not decorations. Because when people are getting married... If you ask them, what is your budget? They'll be telling you, we are looking for this, we are looking for... And you look at the amount of the decoration and nobody's going to eat the deco. I have never seen somebody eating the deco. I don't understand why they charge us so much. If they were leaving the stuff, then I'll say, maybe you, the, the big money you paid was for you to get the stuff. 
But no. And most young women, they are thinking, if I marry this way, I'm really married. No, you haven't started. You are just at the door. You know the door. You haven't entered. You are still at the door. We have people who are having challenges. They'll get married. Within seven days, they are divorced. Yeah. I told you a story. I said somebody was on honeymoon. You know honeymoon? That everybody say, I'm going on honeymoon. When they were on their way to honeymoon, they were fighting. The girl, when she arrived there, she booked another ticket and left the, bride, the groom there. Say, stay with your arrogance and your abuse. Thank you. Remember to somebody. Marriage is for long, for endurance. It's not for children. Can you tell you marriage is not for children? It's not for Barbie. Tell the girl next to you that marriage is not Barbie, Barbie play. Yeah, it's not fairy things. Because one of my children was saying, uh, every girl wants to have one, at least once a fairy day. Most people spend so much, but it's not worth. When I got married, we didn't spend that much. The suit I had, I asked my brother to give me a suit. And my wife borrowed a dress. We are still married 29 years. And if you look at our pictures, they still look more better than the ones that people are having today. (laughs) It's true. Can I ask all the married women to stand? If you are married. You are not even sure you are married. Okay. Congratulations, you are married. No, keep standing. Congratulations, you are married. Can you ask your neighbor, where is the dress? Those, those who are sitting next to the women who are standing, ask them, where is the wedding dress? Just ask them, where, where is your wedding dress, my sister? Where is your wedding dress? I agree. Every woman needs to be married in a white dress. I agree. But you don't have to pay for it. Is that fine? You may take your seat, please. You know why I asked you to stand? I wanted these ones who are not married to can see where they can go and borrow the dress. <laughs> they should come and borrow the dress from you. It shouldn't cost anything. For the white dress that we put on, my wife didn't pay. I told you, my wife borrowed the dress. I asked for a suit. The suit was white. Who have you seen marrying with white suit? (laughs) I remember one pastor came dressed in his tuxedo with a bow tie and all of that. That day, I, I hit all of them below the belt. They couldn't believe. I came out. My wife was white. I was white. But I didn't buy the suit. It was available. And I married in the afternoon to avoid this traffic of a lot of people. I reduced the number of people. I, three o'clock, I was getting married. By four, half past four, we were out. By five, my lunch or dinner, whatever, dinner, supper, 
was chisanyam. Bry, steak, chuck, burevors, chicken, chakalaka, green salad, rolls, bread rolls, plus some lot of pap on the side. I'm still married. My complexion has in change. My complexion has in change. I look better than those who spend so much trying to impress people they don't like. Yeah, sometimes we do it. Somebody say, yeah, my neighbors must see. Your neighbors, they curse every day they pass your house. Listen, you want to get married? Honor your parents. Pay lobola. Finish with your parents because the Bible says they have a blessing for you. After you honor them, you come here in church, we have a dress somewhere here. You can get a dress. It's true. There is a dress. There is a dress here. You get the dress. There are a lot of suits that no people. His suits that he married with, it doesn't fit on him. Does your suit fit on you? It doesn't. It can't fit. It's not possible. You go and borrow the suit. Or you go and there's tuxedo. You hire. You hire a suit. It's, I think at some stage it was 125. Get the suit. Come here. We bless you. You will be in a white dress like any other girl. You get this ring. This ring is 200 rand. Maybe now it will be 250. It has got the scripture. It has got the scripture in it. It's better than the one that you have that has no scripture. We don't even know who made it. You know, this one we are sure is a Christian. It's a Christian. It's a Christian ring. It reminds me I need to stay on course. I must possess my vessel. I must remain pure. Let me tell you somebody. You come here, we'll pray for you. When we finish, we'll go to the union building with you. You take you don't need head, you don't need bridesmen, you don't need bride mates. You don't you don't need those things. And then we go to the union building, you take your pictures, we'll be around you, you look very nice. When you finish, you get into your Uber Uber car to the hotel. You are gone. Free of any cost. Free of any cost. You are free to go and enjoy your honeymoon. And my honeymoon, to be honest with you, I had a house by that time. So my honeymoon was in my house. Nice and clean. Does it make sense? You don't have to go and say, oh, we are doing honeymoon, we must go to Sharaten or spend money. If you don't have money, you don't have it. I didn't have money, but I'm still married. I married, I didn't have, I paid only Lobola, I borrowed the dress, I asked for a suit. I'm married today. Even my suit, this suit is better now. If you look at my suit, it was a, that one was more expensive. It was silk suit. Borrowed. I asked, can you give me a suit? Most of us, we have got clothes that are very nice. You can marry with those clothes. I see you are not saying amen. It's fine. <laughs> but listen, marriage is not what you think it is. And that's why most of us fail to fulfill the charge of God upon our life. Marriage is a covenant that is entered into by two people. The word covenant is not complete without blood. The word covenant simply means it must be cut. There must be a cutting. There must be a spill of blood. So, 
When you see a white, a white dress, a girl putting on a white dress, it symbolizes purity. We are pure, holy, set apart. When you see the veil covering the face, it simply says, I know no man. Most of us, we're not supposed to put on the white dress. I said, most of us, we're not supposed to put on the white dress. Because there was no purity for nothing. Is that fine? That veil simply means the he man is still intact. Now we cut the covenant. How do we cut the covenant of marriage? The first night, there must be he man. The he man will break, blood will come out, the covenant is cut. Then we have a certificate. We need that blood. It's a certificate that this girl never knew a man. In the days past, the first, the first night, you can't sleep at the hotel. You sleep at the girl's house. And they will make sure there is a, a white sheet. The blood must show on the sheet. In a sense, after you finish sleeping, the mother of the girl will demand that bedspread to show his in-laws. This is true. My daughter was a virgin when she got married. Today, there are very few of us who are virgins here. Look to your right, look to your left. There are very few virgins in the church. Very few. One, one day we were in the church, we were in the church, first service. When first service came out, a brother was on a cell phone. Writing to a sister who was in church, busy saving. Possibly he was looking at the behind of the sister. Hi, babe. Can we go out? Let's go and have sex. It's written. Brother, here. Here. You look innocent. You are not innocent. Look. <laughs> you are not innocent. You see, when, 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 we say, when we say you are busy stealing from yourself, ask those who are married who have not been faithful. Most of them, their marriage are not stable. No, it's true. They don't want to tell you the truth. But continue doing it because you are nice. You think you are smart. Covenant simply means entered by blood. Something must die. You can't marry unless you die to yourself. Any person that is married, my, my neighbor, my wife visited my neighbor yesterday. My neighbor told my wife, we are married for 51 years. 51 years. They married in 1967. Married to one man, one woman. You You are already married even though you have not married. <laughs> By the time the man is 30, he can't even remember the people he slept with. No, it's true. You can ask your neighbor. <laughs> That's why the reason, the, reason, the reason is the fear of the Lord is no longer in our hearts. We no longer fear God. Marriage has become a byword. We prefer masculinity than any other thing. They call it trial marriages. It's never a marriage. I always tell the young people who are getting married in the church, don't be fooled to say, oh, I know him. I was asking somebody, why do you want to marry this young woman? He says, I know him. He's nice. 
say we play games. Mary. Marry the girl. That you say is nice. Marry this girl. You will see. She will change. Everything transforms. Uh, they are powerful. Women are powerful. Uh, they are quiet when you look at them. But they are more powerful than you can think. Hallelujah. So, my challenge is to us, let's honor the marriage bed. The Bible in the book of Hebrews 12, I think verse 2, it says, honor the marriage bed. Can you put it there? Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. Let's go there. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source. Now, verse 1, or it will be 13 then. Let the marriage bed be kept, kept pure. It's around there. Have you found it for me? Oh. Okay. The Bible says, let the marriage bed be kept pure. Can you tell anybody, keep the marriage bed pure? Yeah. If you are not married, don't behave like you are married. Hallelujah. Keep the marriage bed what? Yes, keep the marriage bed pure. Verse 4 of chapter 13. Marriage is honorable. Marriage must be respected by all. And the marriage bed kept undefiled. Now, most of us, before we are married, our marriage is already defiled. Our marriage is already what? Defiled. Marriage is honorable among all. And the bed undefiled... But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. I know, you think the judgment is too far. Most of us think that way. Part of the judgment starts here on earth. You are unable to hold anything good. Yeah. It's very good to be married to a good person. From all these years, people are thinking, oh, if I could, Pastor, if I could find a wife like your wife, she looks to be calm and collected. We have been drilling each other. Iron sharpens iron, and the contingencies of men sharpens men. This good marriage has come out of contentions. Yes. Rubbing. Ask anyone who's married. They'll tell you the truth. There are days when, after they've spoken, if anyone was listening, they would think, ah, these people, are they really in love? It has got nothing to do with love. Marriage has everything to do with commitment. You must be fully committed to make it work. Tell your neighbor, you must be fully committed to make it work. Yes, some of us are not committed to make it work. This way it's not working. You cannot be a playboy the rest of your life. In the church, there are playboys. Look at every brother next to you. Yeah, they are playboys. Tell, tell your brother, stop playboying here. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 to 33. Ephesians 5, 22 to 33. 
It says, wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wife be so to their own husband in everything. Husband, love your wife. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having a spot or a wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery. This is hidden. This is a secret. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. And let the wife see she respects her husband. Hallelujah. Some women don't respect their husband. This is why God has to say it. If God is saying it, it's true. Hallelujah. Wives, respect your husband. Hallelujah. The sisters who are not married who are saying amen. I thought, <laughs> I thought our mothers would say amen. You know, much bigger. Hallelujah. The word husband means the one who binds Together. The word husband means the one who binds together. Now, if you are going to be a husband, you know, there are different kinds. You have a man, a male, you have a husband, you have a father. But we do it the other way. Most people are fathers before they are husbands. It's a case. People are husbands, are Fathers before they are husbands. Can you tell your neighbor? There are people who are fathers before they are husbands. I know some people want, don't want to talk because you, we are talking about you. You can't be a father before you are a husband. It's the wrong way of doing things. You must first marry. And then become a father. You don't have a wife. You can't be a father. How did you have a child? Ask the men sitting next to you. How do you have a child when you are not married? Tell us. It's a mystery. This thing of yours, tell them. It's a mystery. This is a mystery. How do you have a child while you are not married? How can you be a father while you have no wife? Because the Bible says... Husbands. Husbands are the ones that are capable or are supposed to have children. Is that fine? 
And there are women who have children, yet they've never been brides before. You must first be a bride before you are a mother. Can you tell every girl, woman sitting next to you, you must first be a bride before you have children. They are not talking. Can you say you must first be a bride before you become a mother? So there is a lot of repentance that needs to be done today. Because some of us are mothers and our fathers and we are nowhere close to husband and bride. I'm going to tell somebody. Yeah. It's not good. You are, you are perpetuating struggles for the life of the children. We have a challenge. The number one problem is that we have unconscious males. You have got somebody, if somebody is 30 years and is not married, how do you release your sexual pressure? Can you ask the man sitting next to you? You are old and you are not married. How do you release your sexual pressure? We can't ask women because women don't get married. Ask the man sitting next to you, you are old, tell us. How do you release your sexual pressure? Most men who marry late, they are like zombies. Because they become unconscious. They be, have you seen a hypnotized person? Have you seen this boys by on the street? When you get old and you don't marry. I do understand. The Bible says, let me qualify it. Not everybody is doing exactly the same thing. It will be wrong for me to generalize. The Bible says there are some who are eunuchs. There are three kinds of eunuchs. One is by God's design. There are men who will never marry. It doesn't matter. Even if you give them women, they will never marry. They are eunuchs out of own choice. Maybe I need to preach that message. They are eunuchs out of their own choice. They make their own decision. I'm going to save Jesus. I'm not going to get married. Like the fathers in the Roman Catholic. The brothers in Roman Catholic. They become monks. They sacrifice procreation, material, physical procreation for spiritual procreation. I will not procreate after my kind. But I will do it. I will serve the Lord with my life. That's two. The third one, we said number one is by God design. They will never marry. They have no interest to marry. Number two, out of personal choice, me, I'm done. Sorry, sister, not me. Look next door. Number three, the Bible says they, they've been made eunuch by the hands of men. I'll show you how eunuchs are made by the hands of men. When kings, they had big, big, big uh, uh, kingdoms, there were children that were born to become eunuchs. So while they were still babies, 
their maleness was removed. You remember the book of Esther? The Bible says Queen Esther had some eunuchs around her. Most of the time, they don't have sexuality. It has been cut from childhood. And some families that were poor, after the firstborn, secondborn son, they realized we are having more children because they were so poor, they'll make one of their child a eunuch to go and serve at the king's palace because he was no threat to the throne. He could not procreate. And so he can work there so that they can have a living. So there are three eunuchs. So let me justify it to say there are men who will never marry out of their own choice. There are men who will never marry. I'm not talking about promiscuous men who say I'm a eunuch, but they are sleeping around. That's not a eunuch. A eunuch keeps themselves pure sexually. Am I talking to somebody? Hallelujah. So brothers, be comfortable. Praise the Lord. Women, we can't say because women cannot propose. When I came to the youth meeting, one of the, I think last year or so, a young woman asked, can I propose? It is wrong. You can't propose. But today, I know a couple that are married. The woman proposed the brother and say, I love you. And the brother said, I love you too. <laughs> then there was a problem of Lobola. How do we Lobola? Because you're the one who proposed to me. <laughs> so the sister helped the brother to pay over. The brother is lazy. I said, the brother, I, I know the brother, they're still alive today. <laughs> the brother is lazy. I don't remember if he ever worked in his life. The woman is working her back out. Listen, woman. It is better to be loved than to love. You see, Jesus loved us is the one who has to die, not us. Now, if a guy comes and say, hey, you, you look like heaven and earth. I want to marry you. Say yes. Because the guy is the one who loves you. Now, girls today, they are not like that. They say, nah, Good. They don't love the person who loved them. It's a problem. How can you not love the person who loves you? Who saw, maybe this will be good because we've been teaching this for, for a number of years. Who saw perfect wedding this past Sunday? I was at home. There was a, a, a woman and a man getting married. And then they asked the woman, how did you come to marry? How did you fall in love? She says, I never fall in love. The man loved me. He told my pastor, I love sister B. And the pastor went and said, Sister B, brother A loves you. Sister B said, I don't even know who you are talking about. It's there. It's recorded. It's on ETV. You can go and check it. And says, okay. Pastor says, come, brother and sister B and brother A, sit down, talk. They spoke. And the woman says, I said to my husband at that time, was just a stranger that he met that day. He says, since you said you love me, is a seed you have sown in my heart. Go and pray. I'm going to pray and fast about it. If it grows in my heart, it, you'll, I'll be your wife. But if it doesn't grow, we'll come back and sit like this. And I'll tell you, I've been praying and fasting. And this thing is a dead seed. It doesn't grow. It's supposed to be like that. The brother proposes the sister. 
the sister says, me, don't love you. Unfortunately, women are used to seeing with their eye. You will miss your greatest. Can you imagine if my wife didn't marry me? She would have missed a lot. <laughs> She's not here, so we, I can play the game. But I know her answer. She will say to me, you know what's, what will be her answer? If I didn't marry her, I will not be a pastor today. Yeah, I say, if you married any other girl, you would not be a pastor. You will not be where you are. Possibly you might be drinking somewhere in the street. Or a hobo somewhere. It's true. It's very possible. Some men are reduced. The Bible says a woman will reduce you to a loaf of bread. Some women can reduce a man to nothing. Women are powerful. Very powerful. Praise the Lord. So, my challenge is, if you use the eye to judge, you will not have the great things in life. Be led. And therefore, you will experience greatness of life. I like that statement of the woman. She says, I never know, knew the guy. I just said to him, I'm going to pray and fast. Let this love grow in my heart so that we can marry. And the love grew. It's supposed to grow. Women are different. If I propose a woman today, the love will grow. There are many things that influence growth. And sometimes you need to stay a little bit longer and not marry so that when you are proposed, you don't ask too many questions. You see, when you are too young, you are thinking, I'm still going to get another proposal. That's why most women who are not married, it's not like they were never proposed. I know a woman who has proposed 10 times. Yeah. No, I know her. Even pastors proposed. And one of the statements she used, she says, when I looked at this church, this church was small. This church started with six people. If, if you use the six people, where will you be today? Now she comes, pastor, pray for me, I want to get married. To who? <laughs> who are you going to get married to? Because all people you are supposed to be married to they have passed. You see, the brothers in the church, can the brothers stand, please? Oh, you are not sure if you are a brother. Sure. You can see the brothers are standing. Now, when you look at them, you might not take them serious. <laughs> I once was like them. I used to have two shirts, I think two pens, or three shirts, two pens. To a point that you could call Ngameta. When you see me, you could say, this is Ngameta. Every time I see you, you look the same way. I like the look. I, I told one friend of mine who told me, you always put on this. I say it's the best pants I have. And that was true. It was the best I have. I, if I was not putting on them, the other one was on the washing line. It's the true story. Sisters, do you see this man? They look ordinary. But it will be a mistake on your part. I said it will be a mistake on your part. Looks are deceiving. Yeah. I don't think when, at the time when I proposed my wife, most women will be very happy. There's nobody who looks like me here. When I was a boy, you know. I was very thin, very finished, emaciated. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe my brother next door, you know. You are not emaciated, but I'm close to where you are. You could see my neck. You'll think I'm a giraffe. Today, my neck and my body have fused. Yeah, and now everybody says, oh, you look nice. If I could marry a husband like you. These are the husband like me. Please take your seat. Amen. Now, don't forget the main issue here with the, the scripture we have read. Don't put your eyes on wrong things. Christ has given us, the church exists because Christ gave himself. And the Bible here gives us an analogy of Christ and the church. And it gives the husband the position of Christ. There are a few points. We'll go through them uh, speedily. Uh, by the way, we have a podcast. You can as well listen to both the messages for the service. Uh, number one, the husband is the head of the family. The priest, as Christ is the head of the church, and Christ is the head of all life. The Bible says all things were created for him, and nothing was made without him. The husband has authority, or is supposed to have authority, leadership, provide leadership, provide direction and guidance in the family. The husband is responsible. He must rule his house spiritually, guide his house financially and socially. Most men, sometimes even their wife don't know how much they earn. It's a shame. If you are married, you must lead, show integrity with your finances. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Finances play a major role in the, in the relationship. When the husband becomes like a child, you know, you know how children are like. When you give them a toy, they say it's mine. They don't want to play with other children. When, when you, you, you get the money as a husband, it's not for you. I used an example earlier in the first service that you must give direction. You don't have a house. You might have to say to the wife, we have to cut on the budget so that we can have a house. Is that fine? Your wife might want to look like a princess Diana. Or what is the new princess now? The wife to Prince William. Kate. You want to be Prince Kate. Princess Kate. That will be nice. But if you don't have a house and your prince dies, what is going to happen with you? Huh? If your husband was to die today and you are living this life you are living, husband, what will happen to your children? If you can't give direction, because if you are the head, financially you must be responsible. You must be able to say, we're going to tie our belts. No more hairstyles, lady, no more hairstyles. Afro for now. (laughs) Is that fine? And I've seen a lot of women making Afro nice. They just leave it like, they didn't want to commit. They just... And it's a hairstyle. Am I right? Yes. Just keep it neat and clean. That's it. Then you can be able to build. As a husband, you are the head of your household. Be in charge. Take control. The book of First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13. It says, but I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of every woman 
is man and the, the head of Christ is God. Ephesians 5.23 says, For the husband is the head of the wife. Somebody says, Yeah, my husband is the head, but I'm the neck. I tend him wherever I want. Interesting, isn't it? You turn him wherever you want. Number two, husband must love his wife and sacrifice for the family as Christ died for the church. Let me tell you, you cannot be married unless you die to your self-interest. I've seen men buying a car, putting on make wheels. While in the house, there are a lot of things that are not right. Your car came with wheels. Make wheels don't add on the value of the car. Is that fine? Yeah, most men, they will do that. They'll go and add some additional decoration on the car. Really? Additional decoration? What is for? May the Lord have mercy. Yeah, because we love, we love our machines. We love our cars. And so we'll try. Self-image is what is driving us. Husband, love your wife. And sacrifice for your family. The greatest inheritance you can give to your children is not money. It's education. The greatest inheritance you can give to your children is a great and powerful family. Where children grow in a very stable home. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 29 says, Husband, love your wife just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that she might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the way, that she might present her to himself a glorious church. So, when you take care of your wife and your family, you are helping yourself. You are helping what? Yourself. You are helping yourself. You must give sacrificially. Surrender your life. Husband, man, if you want to get married, You must die to yourself. Number three, husband must live joyfully with his wife and family. Most men are bitter and angry. I said most men are bitter and angry. Make your wife happy in the home. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 9. says, live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your life, your vain life which he has given you under the sun all the days of your vanity, for that is your portion in life. And the labor which you perform under the sun. Proverbs 5, verse 18. It says, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of you. Simply this verse says, be happy with the woman you have and have sex only with her. That's what it's saying. Is that fine? Don't have longing eyes. Can you tell your neighbor, don't have longing eyes? Yeah. Husband, the book of Colossians chapter 3 verse 19 says, Husband, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. Most men are bitter against their wives. You know, some of us are nicer to other women who are not our wives and we are horrible to our own wives. I've seen it. I'm married, by the way. Nice. Treat another woman. It's like you are trying to get favors. The woman, oh, I wish my husband was like you. You hypocrite. 
You are nice to these people. You'll be carrying heavy things. Oh, can I help you? Your wife carried these things. Put them in the car. But at the shop, it's, oh, my sister, can I help you? Oh, thank you. You know, I wish my husband was like you. You are doing exactly the same thing to your wife. Most men are hard to their wives. There's no amen. It's fine. <laughs> Hallelujah. You want to marry? You must die to yourself. First Peter chapter 3 verse 7. Number four, husband must respect and honor her wife for your prayers will not be answered. If you don't honor and respect your wife, maybe that's why you are struggling. It says, husband, likewise, dwell with them, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, as being held together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Hey, this is serious. Those who abuse women, your prayers will not be answered. Maybe this is why you are struggling. That's the reason why you are struggling. Those who abuse women, your prayers will not be answered. Malachi chapter 2, verse 13 to 14. And this is the second thing you do. You cover the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping, and with crying. So he does not regard the offering anymore, nor receive it with goodwill from your hands. Yet you say, for what reason? Here is the man, he comes, he cries before the Lord, and the Lord says, I'm not moving an inch. You will struggle all your life. And the man asks, why? And this is the answer. Because the Lord has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth. God was a witness when you got married. He says, with whom you have dealt treasures, you have not treated your wife nicely. Some women, their panties and bras are finished. Married women. Married women's bras and panties. You can't go to the camp. If you are going to the encounter, you'll want to be in the bathroom by yourself. It's true. The panties finished, the bras finished. You can't undress in front of others. Husband, love your wife. Hallelujah. You know, always, always budget. Budget for your wife. Not like my wife to look good. When she doesn't do her nails, I remind her. Please, go and do your nails. Because now my mother was doing her nails. So go and do, go and do your nails. My father never stopped my mother from doing nails. Go and do your nails. Is that fine? You don't have makeup, please. A woman and makeup are good friends. There are a few women apart who don't like makeup. That's fine. But for me, a makeup woman, I like. She becomes flawless. Yes, yes. But it's not cheap, you see. That's the problem. And we brothers don't want to... We like beautiful women, but we don't want to spend money. That's why when people are coming for counseling, I remind them, look at this girl. She looks nice and clean. Wait until she gets married, until she marries you. Then she looks like she has never worked before. May the Lord have mercy. 
Number five, husband must protect and care for their wives and family as Christ interceded and protects the church. Number one, husband, protect your wife from yourself. Men can be very brutal to their wife. Do not abuse. Some men don't beat with their hands. They use very cutting words. Last week we were talking about words, you know, healing our souls. Speaking well with others. Some people can cut you to size. Few seconds. When they open their tongue, you'll ask yourself, is it the same person? And when he finishes, he looks so nice. He looks like an angel. Yet he has cut his wife to size. Yeah, he has cut the wife to size. So, number one, you protect the wife from yourself. Number two, you protect your wife from your own children. This is a serious issue. Most women are abused by their own children. If you are having a three, four, five, six, seven years, eight-year-old children, those are the most abusive children. Your wife will never rest. And some of us have got our children. Every two years we had children. So you can imagine, your wife will be suffering alone. So now and then, you need to protect your wife from your children. Because sometimes even when your, ch- your wife is talking, the children are not listening. Remember to somebody. All of us have been children. We know what we have done to our parents, isn't it? Specifically our mother. So think about it. You are a husband. Your wife the whole day was at work with you. You come back from work. You pick up the children from wherever. Bring them home. Do you know today, you have to go to school again. If you are going to have children, you are going to go to school. You have to do homework. Who's doing the homework? Who's doing the homework in the house? The wife. Most of the time is the wife. It's an exception. If you are a great dad, you are doing the, the thing with your children, you are a great dad. Really. The children will abuse. They will refuse to eat. I mean, the woman from work, she'll be standing the whole day. So if your wife is working, appreciate your wife. Today is the day to say to your wife, I really appreciate your help. I will not be where I am. Cleaning the house for a housewife. Cleaning the house. Do you think it's easy? You must come to my house once in a while to see. We are grateful for our nannies in the house. They will keep the house clean. Now think about if your wife is a full-time housewife. She cleans, prepares, stays with the children. You come back from work like the big boss. The children are abusing your wife. They are crying. You are not doing anything. Hey, quieten the children. They are making noise. And you have just arrived. Instead of you standing up, go pick up the children. If you have a car or you can walk on the street, take them. Let's walk. Talk to them. Don't abuse your your mother. I don't like it when you do this. The children can listen. I'm asking somebody. But most of the, 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 for a single woman, really you work hard. All single parents work twice as hard because there's nobody to protect them. My, My issue to the husband is protect your wife from your own parents. In laws can be vicious. There are some of the people who are never grateful. And part of the problem is because before you got married, you gave them the money. Now they take your wife as an opposition part. If you are ANC, they are DA. <laughs> if you are DA, they are EFF. So you can imagine how difficult that marriage will be. It doesn't matter what you do. 
Don't forget, all the opposition parties, their work is to oppose. They will never agree with the other party. Even if the other party is doing the right thing, they will never agree. You should know. If every time DA is speaking, you just say, we'll see when you are in government. I mean, we can just look at East, uh, the Western Cape, what they are doing to their mayor. We watch. We say, oh, you are the same. Except you are in the small scale. Let's give them government. It will be the same. Opposition, protect your wife from your mom and your dad. Your sisters, squeezers. The squeezers, they squeeze you. And if, if your wife is evil, it will be like a lemon. You know, when you squeeze the lemon, bitter and gall comes out. If you are married to people who are evil, don't allow their evil to change the good person you are. When they squeeze you, you must be like an orange. Give them nice sweet juice. Yeah, let it work against their evil. They must sit down and say, this one, it doesn't matter what you say. She's always happy. Don't forget, you are the one married. Even if they jump up and down, it's still your husband. Is that fine? So, don't allow them to intimidate you. But husband, protect your wife. Part of the problems you have in the house is because you have not protected your wife from your in-laws. Is that fine? May the Lord have mercy. Lastly, husband must work hard to provide for the needs of the family as Christ has provided for the church. What did Christ do to provide for the church? He died. The wife as well must die to herself. But in this regard, we're talking about the husband. Most of the problem, the family stands and falls because of the head of the family, the husband, the father. Most of us get married, then we resign, hand over the powers to our wives. It's not supposed to be. Husband must work hard to provide for the needs of the family and uh, as Christ cares for the church. First Timothy chapter 5. Verse six, verse eight. First Timothy chapter five, verse eight. But if any anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his house, he has denied the faith, and is worse than an unbeliever. So, if you are a husband, you don't provide for your children, and we come to know, we will let's communicate to you in the church, because the Bible says you are worse than an, an unbeliever. In other words. You are not the person who still needs to be preached to. You are really backslidden. It says, if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. The husband must provide for the family. You must provide for the spiritual needs of your family. Come with your wife and children to church. Don't come by yourself. And if you are able, try to go to the same church. You see, today we are teaching this. If your wife is not here, it doesn't matter when you come excited. She will not know what excites you. If you are a wife, your husband is not here. Uh, you, you go home and you're excited. Hey, darling. Hi, winner. <laughs> Why? Because it doesn't come from the same atmosphere. So you need, you need to pray that God, meetings like this, you should be sitting together so that you can, while, while sometimes you feel they are talking about me, he can as well feel like, I think, they are talking about me now. Then all of us are mending our ways to find God in our relationship. Amen? Amen. So we must lead spiritually. The husband must lead spiritually. 
in the word, you must lead in prayer, and as well lead in the church. You must show, uh, you must meet the physical needs of your family. There must be food in the house. Food is not French paloni and uh, uh, all the illustrious things. Uh, <laughs> French paloni, Vienna, Russian. Those things are not food. Food is pap. Buy pap for your family. Maybe in Komazi. <laughs> Buy meat. Is that fine? Who grew up not eating milk? Let me see. I grew up eating milk. Pap and milk. I, I, I grew up eating pap and milk. I expect most of you, you grew eating pap and milk. Now you have acquired a taste to eat meat. When we grew up, meat was a scarce resource. We had animals, but they never slaughtered them. Not even once. They, Christmas was a good time. Easter was a good time. That was the last time you would smell meat. Even chicken and egg. They will never fry an egg. We had to steal the egg to, to eat it. No, it's true. Food was not like the way it is now. So, when we say buy food for your wife and your children, we're not saying for you try and live like you are this rich person. No. Meet the needs of your family. Take care of your children. Take them to school. There are men here who don't support their children. It's the wrong thing. The greatest you can do even if you have fought with the woman, pay the maintenance of the children. And you don't need the magistrate to tell you. You are too weak to be told by magistrate. Some of the men, you have to have a garnishy order on your salary to force you to pay. I spoke to my wife. After we got married, I said, listen, should you decide you are moving on, you leave my children with me. I'll take care of my children. I said, these are my, you came here without children. <laughs> these are my, these are my children. When you go, go and get a new husband, leave my children. I'll take care of them. They must go to school. They must be educated. How can another man raise my children? And tomorrow you suddenly uh, uh, come out like a submarine that was hiding for the past 25 years. Because we have taken a child to school, we educated the child. You are telling people, hey, these boys... No, you donated a seat. You are not the father. The father is the one who raises the child. You are not the father. You are not the father. You never raise the child. So you cannot suddenly come, like some children will come and say, uh, I found my father. No, no. You found the man who donated. Until you were of age... There's somebody who fathered you. Yeah, you might, you might disregard them. You might look down on them because you think your father will have done a good job. If your father was that good, why didn't he marry your mom? Yeah, if he was good. If he was that responsible, why didn't he do it? No, he didn't do it because he was a coward. He ran away. Most boys, all the high school children who became pregnant, it's very rare that they will be married by the same boy. It's very, the boy will run. Yes. And then he will surface when, when, when he's old and he hears that the child has grown, is responsible. So then that he comes out and says, yeah, I'm looking for my child. You're looking for your child. You don't have a child. 
In essence, the father, the, the stepfather who raised the child, you must go to court and sue him. For all the emotional stress, the diff- do you know how to raise a child? Have you risen, raised a child before? We don't sleep at night. Children cry throughout the night. They get sick. They can get sick at night and in the morning, they smile and laugh and they are fine. <laughs> but for you, you won't be able to go to work because you are exhausted. Is that fine? So as a, as a, as a man, you must take personal responsibility. All your children, you must take care of them. You must create an environment within your heart. You better do everything to make sure you give them the best education and you care for them. Let me show you. Most men, they think they are smart. The child needs medical care. The child needs education. Let's talk about the education. Model C. Let's not talk about private schooling. Model C. It's about a thousand rand school fees. Isn't it? Is in it uniform? Who buys the uniform? Transport. Some some of our children have to use transport. Who's paying for the transport? There is what we call extramural activity. My children have always done. Uh, Tato is a ballerina. She can dance. We are not talking this dance. Some can again serious dancing. <laughs> we have been paying from grade grade one until now. Now you are the father. You suddenly appears and you tell me, hey, this is my child from when? <laughs> so you must be able, if you say you are a father, all these things you must meet. Even if you don't buy food, pay for the school fees, pay for extra middle activity, pay for the uniform, all the school trips. Do you know how much it costs? A school trip just to go in press, they say 2,000 rand. I say for what? They say they're going to see animals. I say, we have animals in my village. I, I, can, I can take my children there. Why, why, why should they go to a farm in bread and sleep there for three days to see chicken, pig, how they milk a cow? No, it's serious. But then you say you are a father and you have not taken personal responsibility. Then you are not like Christ. Christ died for his own. He loved us so much that he gave his life. As a father, as a husband, you must die to yourself, to your own needs. As compared to driving the biggest car in town and becoming a clown, looking like you are rich yet you are poor, you need to change your attitude and take personal responsibility. I better be working but paying all the juice than to drive this big car and I'm running away from responsibility. I always tell women, single parent women, I say, get a good family lawyer. And I always tell them, get the white one. <laughs> most, most of our lawyers are criminal lawyers. African lawyers, they like, I don't know why they like criminal law. I say, sue the guy. Make him, every time when he turns, he must be thinking about his children. His salary must go down. If he didn't marry you, he must marry no one. Let him take care of his children. Did you hear what I said? If he's earning 30,000 and he's got three children with you, it must be 50 50. We cut it by half. 5,000, 5,000, 5,000. Yeah. He goes home, he must stay outside the city, there in the township. He must not afford a flat in the city. So that he, he regrets the fact that he left his children. Yeah. 
We're matching with somebody. But most women don't get it. They will never sue. They say, when the child grows up, uh, the man will see the child. Let me tell you, every child, when they grow up, they go back to their father. They, every child wants to know, who's my father? Even men who are standing here today, they are still looking for their father. And they are 50 years. Say, they told me my father. I'm still looking for my father. Now he's a doctor. He dumps you and says, I found my father. Who never contributed, and yet you know exactly where he stays. Don't be merciful. Go for him. Let him pay his juice. Hallelujah. We have come to the close of our message. Can we bow our heads together? I want you to pray for yourself. I want you to bring yourself before the Lord. To surrender your life to him. For all the young men who desire to marry, I want to challenge you today. Ask the Lord to give you grace, to give you wisdom, to give you direction, so that you will be decisive to lead your family in the fear of the Lord. For all the women, I want you to pray. Lord, give me the wisdom not to choose for myself, but to allow you to lead and guide me. Christ died on the cross that we may have life. Any man who's going to marry you must be grown enough to die from their self, uh, uh, personal self-interest to guide and direct the church. Can we bow our heads together? Can we close our eyes? Can we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, today. We give you praise. I pray, Father, for ourselves. As fathers, as, as, as husbands, as, 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 as leaders in the community, that, Lord, give us the grace to take personal responsibility, to guide our children, to guide our families in the name of Jesus. I pray for every male, every man, every father, every husband in this place, that, Lord, we will arise and take our rightful place, that we will show character, that, Father, we will remain steadfast in showing guidance and direction to our people. We pray this day in the name of Jesus that, Lord, come through for us. Help us, O God, that we may be able to build, to show, Lord, that it is possible to raise our family, to raise our own children in the fear of the Lord. I pray this day, O Father, for our children that they will not go astray, but they will remain steadfast, consistent in loving and worshiping the Lord. We pray today, O Father, that like Christ who died on the cross, Lord, may we die to ourselves. As Christ gave himself for us, Lord, your always says, Husband, give yourself for your families. We pray for ourselves, O God, that we may be fully given, fully surrendered, that our families will be different. I pray for women, O God, your always says, Lord, they should respect their own husbands. I pray this day that, Lord, we will show honor and respect for our own husband. I commit them, Father, into your hands, even today, in the name of Jesus. While all eyes are closed and all heads are bowed, maybe you are here today. You say, Pastor, I've heard the word. I want the grace of God to come upon my life. The Bible says, for Christ, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have an everlasting life. Today, the turning is not trying to be good, but the turning is to receive Jesus in our heart. For Jesus gives life. And today you can come, you can receive him as your Lord and Savior. Your sins can be forgiven. You can make right with God. I want to pray together with you. Maybe you are here today. You realize, oh, I have sinned. I've done wrong. Today you can be forgiven. Today you can make right with God. 
I want to pray together with you. If you are here, say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus. I want my sins to be forgiven. I want to be a child of God. I want to experience the goodness of the Lord. Lift up your hand wherever you are seated and we'll pray together. Is there somebody? God bless you, my sister. Is there somebody else? God bless you. Is there somebody else? God bless you. Is there somebody else? God bless you. Is there somebody else? Hands are going. God bless you. I see your hand. Is there somebody else? I want God's grace upon my life. I want the power of God upon my life. Is there somebody else? Thank you for joining us with Apostle Vincent Bluato with a life-transforming message. To stay connected with us, connect with us on Twitter at ECCRSA and our YouTube channel, Emmanuel Christian Church, HOJ.